Tommy Fulmer, what's going on, man? Man, not much, Spence. How are you? I'm doing good. It's it's nice to see you, man. It, it's been a couple, maybe a couple of years that we actually since we've seen each other in person. Was it was it Austin? I think it was Austin. Oh, okay, Austin. Last time. Oh man, so we carpool too. Uh, car, we did carpool. Are we carpooling again this time, or is it going to be the running joke? Yeah. I don't want to. Depends on how this goes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I'll, let me make sure that uh, you look good for this, and that we, uh, you know, make you in the spotlight here, and then you'll say, "Yeah, absolutely, I'll carpool with you." Sure. Uh, but a full disclosure uh, for those that are going to be listening: Tommy and I have known each other for maybe eighteen years. I was trying to do the math since like two thousand three or four or something like that. that Played soccer together in college. Tommy was a goalie. I clearly, by my stature, was not the goalie. Uh, but yeah, so it might get a little silly today, and that's that's perfectly fine. I think we're gonna have a good time. But um, Tommy, you gotta bring me up to speed. I was gonna ask you this question. They might be giants. I know you're a big fan. All I know is uh, the "Please Pass the Milk Please" song and or Particle Man. So if I were to pick another track of They Might Be Giants, what should I listen to? Uh, you know, I think you may have to go with Birdhouse and Your Soul. That's probably one of the most popular ones. Okay. And different television shows have been using that. Uh, Birdhouse for My Soul. And what is that? Birdhouse and Your Soul. So in in I, My Soul. Okay. I believe the song's about a nightlight, okay. to be honest with you, right? So, But I'm sure it's got a deeper message I was going to say, it's got to so. be deeper than, than that, right? I, I, knowing I'm those guys, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, I'm sure it is. But, you know, I mean... Obviously, They Might Be Giants my favorite band, you yes. know, and I think part of that is because they will have a song that's seven seconds long or maybe a minute and a half, and I need to get to appreciating music more, probably. I know with Tool, right? You yeah, oh, yeah. Well, no, you didn't have to bring up Tool. I appreciate you doing that, but I think They Might Be Giants might be kind of similar stature, uh, but in a different genre, right, of the silly seven-second song. You listen to it while you're you may be drinking with your buddies in college, and you're going, what in the world? <laughs> What in the world am I, am I listening? The first time you played that, I think we were all just, oh, my God, that's the weirdest stuff I've ever heard. You guys are going to come around to it. I you have think a feeling, so? Yeah, I have a feeling I, they will is be Is it after, like, band. the two-decade mark of finally you come around? It's probably three okay. or four. Three <laughs> or four, so we got some time. We'll right. check back in on it. Well, you know, and uh, I don't want to say enough about They Might Be Giants because we can never have enough of that. But le let's talk today about what we're doing, Tommy. Um, you, uh, I think, have a, a pretty crucial role in what I've been trying to do on this podcast. The self-funding with Spencer, pulling in different vendors and people that are, you know, in the profession of helping folks become self-funded. But you work for an employer who is self-funded and specifically in the finance department and are tasked with all of those responsibilities. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you about this today from that angle. But uh, first, let's let's get to know you, Tommy. Let's let everybody know who you are. I, of course, know you very well, but, you know, personal, professional, and just kind of bring us to, to present day. Yeah, so from a, you know, personal standpoint, right, I married my wife, Sarah, uh, who you know uh, from college, met her in college. Uh, she's a soccer player as well. She's the better of the two soccer players from us. For sure. Uh, you know, and then we have three kids. So we have Milo, eight, uh, Teddy, five, and Emmy, three. Um, you know, I'd say they're all unique, different, right? All a lot of fun. And then all a lot of work, right? I know, <laughs> I know for, for my wife, Sarah, right? She does more of it than I, man. It's, uh, you know, there's some days, right? Where well, I can attest, like we have two, but you guys got three, so it's no longer man to man, right? It's kind of zone defense for parenting at that point. Right, right. And you're just trying to attack one then go to the other, right? You know, from there, but it's, you know, it's been fun, right? And seeing some of the experiences they're going through, right? As they keep getting older, it's been, it's been fun. I feel like early on, right? It's like, I got to force everything I like on them, right? Yes. You know, like yeah. they might be giants and all that, you know, and then a year ago, my son found Weird Al Yankee 
Yankovic, and it's like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, right? And I didn't force it on. What is so. it? You d- he discovered it on uh, his own uh, for sure. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna tell you, it was Alexa, right? Alexa came in. Okay, and, uh, you know, made the recommendation. That's dude. That that is amazing, though. I, I can't wait for you know. Brooklyn started to pick up soccer a little bit, right? Or she's enjoying it and completely on her own. We said, hey, do you want to try it? But then she's like looking forward to going to practice, and it's as a dad, you're like, oh, this is awesome because you know Very you know cool. the experience you had. Um, right. There's you know, so that's you professionally, right, right. Tommy? And you know, there's another thing I think we'll touch on that uh, very unique about what you do personally. Uh, but let's walk through your professional career as well and, and what what got you to today. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, out of at, uh, at Drury, right, I stayed, got my MBA, coached soccer, and then came out, you know, and was like, I don't know what I want to do, right? And so I interviewed with the Delta companies, a healthcare staffing company, right? And I, I knew the one thing I didn't want to do was accounting. And I sit down, right, the interview, and they're like, well, we have this accounting position. And I immediately, <laughs> oh, yes, I'll take it, right? And I, you know, looking back, I'm like, what was that, you know, thinking. But, uh, you know, from there, and so I kind of started with the Delta companies, worked in the payroll department, um, you know, kind of worked through billing, kind of, you know, was able to see a bunch. You know, I, I'll say one thing is, right, I had several mentors, um, and they were always willing to let me see things. And I think that's a huge thing, right? You get that exposure. Um, so I was able to kind of see how that worked, right? And then worked kind of through the finance So side. they were kind of grooming you under their wing a little bit to teach you the ways of... Yeah, you know, I, I think they were willing to, yeah. yeah to share. Willing and to te- share yeah, awesome. and, you know, you know, from there and, and let me find ways to help out. And so I was there, you know, kind of worked my way through different parts of the accounting department. Um, then after about five years, you know, it was the only thing I'd seen. And, you know, I was kind of one of those, I was like, ah, I think I need to see something else, right? And so I got an opportunity. I went and worked with Senseo Health which is kind of in, uh, in, in-home healthcare assessments, I believe okay. at Signify Health now. And, you know, it was a, a great company, did very, very well. Um, you know, I was there a little bit, but I wasn't really going to make an impact, right? I mean, it was, it, everything ran very, very well. At that time, uh, my previous boss, you know, called me up, wanted to go to lunch. And 11 months later, I was back at the Delta companies working there again and uh, have been there since. So, uh, well, sometimes I guess it's, you know, sometimes, you not always, but you do leave and go, Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't, maybe I shouldn't have, but you get at least an alternate perspective. And I think as if that was your first job out of of college as well, sometimes it is good to get an alternate point of view and approach, but then maybe you go back and go, uh, these folks actually, I liked what I was doing over here. Right. right? And I'm sure they reached out to, you know, a different position, right? Maybe an advanced position as well for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, my mindset, the way I looked at things was completely different, right? Cause I always saw it, you know, from my previous positions and here now I'd seen some other things. And so I was able to kind of come in and go, you know, kind of starting fresh a little bit and attack things differently than maybe I would have thought previously. You and know? so you, you've always though been in finance related positions, right? Or you, you mentioned not wanting to get into accounting and, and obviously getting right into accounting, but right. how does that, has it evolved for you to do something different than just the accounting aspect? Yeah. You know, you know, so I've been, I've been lucky, right. I've, I've had exposure in HR, right. So I, I, I kind of was uh, in charge of our HR department for a little bit, right. And got to see that side of things. Um, in addition, I, you know, I get to work with the business units we have our staffing uh, companies. So I get to kind of help on some of the, you know, numbers, the budgeting, forecasting, kind of KPIs, monitoring operations. And, and so it's been really nice to kind of, you know, get to see that side of the business as well as the back office. So it's been, well, so, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, that's primary driver, right? Like you are a, a, an employer that is self-funded, but you are obviously very close to the decision-making process. And of course, anybody that is going to go self-funded understands there's additional complexities or at least additional um, financial work that needs to be done to do projections and make sure you budget accordingly and those sorts of things. So I think you're going to, you're going to be very, um, you know, 
uh, enlightening, I think, on this subject because we forget sometimes I was on the broker side. I was selling stop loss. I was wholesaling stop loss. Now I'm in tech selling to brokers. Uh, but you forget there's an employer underlying all of this that's actually buying these things and is impacted by those decisions. And so I think you'll be able to provide a unique perspective uh, for the show. And I'm excited to dig in a little bit. Before I do that, can I ask about wrestling, though, Tom? Yes, yeah, sure. Like, is it okay to bring that up? Yeah, you, that you, I, we triaged this before, and you said okay, right? Yes, so, yes. so what do you want to share about your, would we, I say burgeoning wrestling career? Is it safe to use the word burgeoning? Or what? I guess that's fair, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't so, know what You know, doing. I think from it, right, you know, as I mentioned, being at the Delta Companies, right, and, and our kind of finance and accounting team, we uh, – you know, we, we did a contest to work on processes, right? And the team, you know, put together a bunch of things. We were able to make a lot of progress. And the ultimate conclusion was we were going to do pedicures and pro wrestling. So on a, <laughs> okay. on a Friday, we went and got pedicures. So I got a pedicure for the first time. And then on a Saturday night, we went and got a, uh, you know, we went to a pro wrestling, a local pro wrestling event. You know, kind of the whole team went. It was kind of a, uh, you know, BYOB kind of event from there. <laughs> you know, loved it, right? The theater, right? Every, you know, it's a pretty lighthearted and really enjoyed it. Well, after that, you know, my wife is, you know, Christmas was coming up and she's like, oh, you know, I'll get them, you know, three training sessions. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so she emails, you know, so the Sarah owner, is actually to blame for this. Sarah venture. is completely okay. to blame. Okay. I am clear. And, you know, so she sent an email like, hey, you know, can I get three? And they're like, whoa, wait, no, this is a six month commitment. <laughs> you know, you got to come. You got to work the shows. Right. I work security. You know, so I'd show up. I'd help clean the bathrooms. Right. Help, you know, run things. Right. And I mean, you and I are probably the two least intimidating guys, right? In our I, well, your stature friends. is a little bit more intimidating, uh, I think. Maybe, maybe but maybe. you know, I'm, I'm working as a security <laughs> guard, right? At, at, a, at a pro wrestling event, you know, but kind of work there, you know, it's supposed to be six months. Uh, next thing I know, a year later, I'm still not in the ring, still trying to come up with that character. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, you know, they were going to put me under a mask and, and just have me, you know, kind of get used to things. And I was like, ah, oh, that, that would be a failure, right? Like we have all these ideas on what we want to be. Yeah. So uh, kind of worked on a character with my wife, uh, with Sarah, and then uh, next thing we know, Mr. Legs. Mr. Legs with, along, two, with two Gs. Right, right with two, two Gs, Gs, and then his best friends, Randy Right Leg and Lenny Left Leg, are uh, <laughs> debuting in the ring, and, uh, you know, it's been a blast ever since. So I how, got, long ago, how long ago was this? So uh, debuted just a little over a year ago. Okay. Um, and so, and then from then, you know, kind of worked in and, you know, probably – I think about 26, 27 matches in. Which, uh, do you know your record? Do you, is this something so you it, keep, keep so track of? Or I, no? I do. It, it started out very positive, and then I went on a little <laughs> bit of slide. I actually won the uh, the uh, MPX prospect title yes. uh, six matches in, right? Okay. And so, you know, from there, and then uh, lost it after going through a table covered in doll legs and Legos. And, oh. Uh, so haven't haven't fully recovered, but I think we're back well, on Well, so this it. is part of the hero's journey, right? Like, you get to go through that, and then there's going to be some times where you're kind of doing some self-reflection, things are going well. And then you come back, I, right? You rise like the phoenix from the ashes. I certainly hope you have right. a match tomorrow, right? Yeah, okay. I do have a match tomorrow. And so it's a it's a ladder match. It is a okay. ladder match okay. for possession of a uh, of a bottle that contains uh, blood from a my vampire uh, or my immortal opponent. So okay. we're going for the. Is this a, based on a true story or no? I'll tell you what. I mean, <laughs> if you watch the event, it's uh, you'll you'll be surprised. But it's it's you know it's been fun. I've got to meet a lot of different people. Right, a lot of the people are very much younger than me but you know there are people that are you know working with uh, mental health advocacies right in different groups and stuff and it's it's amazing you know what so many people right that you wouldn't have known but you get to talk to them and some of the different stuff people are working on it's well this, and it's cool and i appreciate you sharing that with me because i think it's always fun we all have lives outside of what we do and seriously do for our profession but you know it's really cool and when you told us you know we've got a, a gang of guys that 
kind of keep in touch, right? Soccer guys. And when you told us, we were all kind of like, what in the world is going on? And now I think it's just like the coolest thing that, that I've heard in a long time, man. So thanks for sharing that, but let's, let's get down to business, right? Let's talk Perfect. a little bit self-funded and stop loss today. So obviously I mentioned you are an employer and uh, you think you said your role was SVP of finance and strategy, right? right. So unpack that for me a little bit. What does that job mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think it, it starts with kind of the whole accounting department, right? So, so we've got, we've got our billing, uh, payroll and then general accounting team. And with us saying that we're a staffing company. So what we do is we place healthcare professionals part and uh, part-time and perm, uh, all across the country, but, okay. mo- but mostly in rural areas, mostly in rural. Yeah. Okay. And so there, you know, there's a little bit of high volume on the temp, uh, temp billing. Right. And so, so it's, you know, we, we'll, we'll find a, a job, we'll t- find a provider and then we'll kind of match them up and they'll go work, right. It could be one day. It could be for four years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, you know, it varies from there. And so that's, that's kind of what we do from there. And so from a finance standpoint, right, we support that. Um, and then in addition, right, I'm doing some of the budgeting, forecasting, right? We're trying to project cost, project revenue, mm-hmm. and, and all of those different items. Um, yeah, and that's why I think that obviously the decision-making process around your healthcare plan, I mean, would most people say what's well, the second or third third biggest line item on, on an employer's budget? Is that Does that ring true for you guys as well outside right. of what payroll and right. maybe materials costs if you're some sort of manufacturing plan? It's, it's healthcare. Isn't hey, it? Yeah, and, and for us, right, it's, it's people, it's People and then the people ben- and health benefits. benefits. Okay, the benefits, you know, under that whole moniker, right? right? So you mentioned Delta Companies is a staffing company. Does that have any specific challenges? I think in 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 the healthcare space of maybe participation or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, from that standpoint, right? We have uh, allied professionals that we'll put on uh, typically about thirteen week assignments. Well, okay. we we hire them on as employees, oh, right? Okay. So you're not going to just have the corporate employees. Um, you know, that are in office, right, that are, uh, you know, sales as well as back office, um, you're going to have, you know, your projections, right? So as your revenue goes up, right, you're likely having more providers out on assignment. Now you have more people that could potentially be picking up your benefits. Okay. And so there well, is yeah, that. and I imagine that just a layer of difficulty of because of the would you, transitory nature, I guess, of some of the you know people you place, is it difficult to account for headcount, right? At any given month, right? It can fluctuate quite a bit, can it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing right from there. And then, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get into some of this and I know you've discussed on your prior podcast, but, um, you know, it's one of those that each person, right. You're trying to get that risk pool, right. Mm -hmm. If you want to say Mm -hmm. that, right. And so, you know, our, do the people have families, right. Are, Are people more on a family plan, all that, or is it more of a, right younger, you know, no family, right, typically tend to be healthier, you know, person. So we have all those different variables kind of going in. And so you're trying to project, you know, the numbers from there from a cost standpoint, while balancing that right with the, you know, the people side, right? I mean, people's our business. So we care about that. And so it's not, it can't just be, all right, let's get the lowest Right, the lowest. Well, plan. and it is not yeah. only finance related. I think people forget. Right, one of the reasons we're doing this, or want to advocate for self-funding in the marketplace, is because the potential for savings, the potential to lower the cost of healthcare, the potential to allocate dollars for better things outside of just purely dumping it into this bucket. But there's people underneath that, like you said. And so, yes, we talk a lot about the financial decisions. Uh, you know, a guy I used to watch do these seminar uh, Hayes guy actually yeah. was the finance hat. We're always right. wearing our finance hat. Right. Um, but there's all sorts of other variables and um, forces at play that you can't just solely make decisions on the finance, which I appreciate. So how long have you guys been self-funded? Yeah, so we started, so we started, you mentioned Hayes, you know, so we, uh, you know, kind of started with Dale, Dale Brickert there. And then, Shout out uh, to Dale, yep. I know Dale well. Yep. Yes. How you doing, and uh, so we started with them middle of 2012, and then I believe we stayed on kind of the, the uh, 
uh, we moved to self-funding in 2014. So 2014. I think we stayed one year and then moved to the self-funding. So you moved with them as a brokerage in 2012, but right. so there was a yeah a one-year kind of uh, placeholder, I guess, to say fully insured, and right. then 2014 you became 2014. We went so in you were there when that transition happened. Then so yes, I was. Okay. I was gone for a little bit of it, okay. but I was there. Yeah, for when we were kind of what did, when you came it. back, did you did you look at it and go, what the heck is self-funding? Like, yeah, or, or do you have any idea before that? No idea, what it right? Was? Okay. Yeah, no idea, right? I mean, I always thought it was okay. Everybody pays one thing, right, and it goes there. And so, uh, you know, it's very just, okay, employer pays this, employee pays this, and here's the difference, right? And then it's, you're going in, you're seeing all these projections, all these charts going, okay, wait, what's going on? Yeah. What means what? Yeah, I thought I just paid a premium and then I forgot about everything else. Exactly. And I think the funny thing is, how big is Delta Companies today? Like, yeah, I know it's a moving target, but yeah. how roughly, how big are you yeah, guys? Yeah, you know, uh, we've got... Uh, about 150 corporate employees and then, and then travelers in the market, right? Anywhere from, you know, probably around 300, 300. Right? Were, so, were you of a similar size when you guys made the transition? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were similar size. I, I think our travelers were probably a little bit lower maybe back then, but okay. yeah, but fairly similar size. Well, and the reason I bring that up, right, is we, we've almost everybody on this uh, podcast so far, I think you're the sixth epico- episode is focused on this, what we call the middle market space or, right. you know, there's a small market. Some people might define that as sub 50. I think sub 50 technically is small group in terms of ACA, but most people kind of think of that small market of under 150 to 250, somewhere in there. That middle market is 250 to maybe let's call it a thousand. Um, but there's still a lot of folks and you even said it yourself, right? Like I didn't really know what self-funding was until it was presented to me when I came back because there's not a lot of folks in that size segment yet. I think we're moving towards it, but there's not a ton of companies in that size segment that are being self-funded and sh- you know, kudos to Hayes. Cause I know they, they're very good at, at transitioning those types of groups. So you weren't there for the transition, but you came into it afterwards. So, you know, as a, a finance person that's now looking at this for the first time, what did you have to wrap your head around in terms of like making sense of these projections yeah, and budgets? Yeah. You, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is the uncertainty, right? So, I mean, the, you know, we're, we're putting together projections, right? Here's maybe the minimum, minimum potential expense. Here's the maximum potential expense, right? And so you've got all these numbers. And meanwhile, we're trying to put together a budget that's going here and you're going, wait, but there's There's $700,000 range here. This could either be great or this could be, you know, from there and, and, you know, depending on the risk, right, that, that the employer wants to take, right, you know, when they're budgeting, you know, you kind of get into, well, we could do this or we could do this. And um, we don't know yet. So, so as a, I guess, do you get, would you guys say you err on the side of caution uh, earlier on maybe in the phase and maybe as you get used to being self-funded, you have a better sense of maybe where you should uh, budget to? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think early on we were like, well, let's just budget to the max, max right? Sure, and sure, and sure. let's do that. And, and, and I think the other thing is, right, you get the, the budget from – right haze aside right or or from you know from there and then we have our budget right and and our budget is more right what is the employer going to spend okay right so you know from that you know kind of going through there and so i think we started kind of at the top right you do that until then you maybe have some good years and you're like oh let me bring it down maybe we'll go to you know projected and you know but that that kind of sways there now i think we're more at let's try to get the best estimate we can okay right okay fair that's fair i mean i think over time right i think as you get more accustomed to those fluctuations i had a broker on here that called it the ekg effect where like claims pop one month and then come back down and it gives you a heart attack at the same time but uh you know what is that like for you as is a person that's really uh granular in the budget and accounting walk me through a a bad claims month right like how do you guys account for that and how do you um manage that, right? Because if it's over that projected or expected number, you know, what do you do as somebody that's uh, responsible to f- for the finances? Right. Yeah. He's, you know, so, so I think from that, right, we're always trying to estimate out, right, from the full year and, you know, kind of as we go. And I, I think that's been one of the difficult 
you know, items is I, I would say we kind of book expense. Typically at the beginning, we'll kind of, you know, we, we don't want huge swings in our, in our books. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so obviously as we're, as we're booking items, we're trying to get the best estimate so that months don't, you know, we don't say, Hey man, look, you had a great month, but it was really cause there were no claims, right. It, it doesn't have to do with, you know, anything else. Um, you know, so for us, we're kind of watching the claims activities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll get kind of monthly reports kind of seeing where we are. Um, but I will say, right. We have a huge claims and now it's like, uh Oh, we better, we need to anticipate that it's going to stay this way. Right. Okay. And, and so we'll kind of book a little bit more. I will say that's been one of the most difficult things is we're, we're very open with our financials with our team, right? We don't, we, we want there to be clarity. We want everybody to know mm-hmm. where we are. And, uh, you know, in, in, uh, t- back in 2015, you know, we had a big company goal, right? We were really focused on, and it was like, all right, we're going to hit this number and you're trying to give people updates. And it's like, well, if benefits are really good, then we're here. If they're bad, yeah, we're yeah. here. And it's like, you know, we don't, necessarily want employees just focused on the benefits, right? There's other, you know, from there. So I think that's what can make it difficult is you're trying to get the best estimate, but ultimately also inside, I'm always going, well, it better be better, right? It better be good. It better be good. And you never accept that bad claim. Like what's going on, you know, from there. Well, that's, you know, balancing that, right? You have a company to run, obviously you have profitability goals and all those sorts of things. And, you know, this obviously can siphon some of the dollars off of that margin. Um, So yeah, you you don't want to be like, Hey guys, don't, don't, anybody get sick this month? Uh, you can't, you can't say something like that, of course. Um, but it is, it is part of the process, right? Being self-funded means you are truly sort of accountable to your own employee bases and their claims. And so if you do have one catastrophic claim or maybe a, a few months where they're higher than expected, you, that can cause a ripple effect, I think in the organization, right? Right. And, and, and that's what you hit, right? That was my biggest fear when we went self-funding, I would say, right. Is you want to make everybody aware because I think there are certain, right. You want people to use, you know, uh, teledoc, right. Or, or, or items like that, because, you know, that's going to help costs, you know, bring savings. But I think, and also in reality, it also aligns with, you know, you're going to get a response quicker, right. There, there are certain things that you can do and not necessarily saying teledoc versus, you know, a doctor, but there are certain options that we've brought into the health plan, right. That truly are going to make us healthier. Right. And, and kind of have that shared goal, but yeah, you know, the broken arm, right. Something like that. You don't want an employee going, Oh my gosh, I don't want to tell any, you know, or, or try. Could to, you wait like three days until it goes into the next month? This, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, like don't treat your broken arm just yet. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think that was the tough thing, you know, and I think, you know, I think everybody's got to understand that's, you know, part of it. Right. And so, um, you know, but also I think because, there. because there's a level of visibility, there might be somewhat of a knee jerk reaction, right? Like, Oh, now I can see what's driving the claims and now I'm going to attack, attack it. That's a good thing. But right. also there's so much visibility on it. If you were just staying fully insured, you might have the exact same claims, obviously, but you'd have no idea what was going on under the hood. Right. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. And I think that's the big thing is trying to keep that, yeah, that balance that and ba- trying yeah. to stay away, you know, you know, still focus on trying to always improve our number, right? Always, always improve things. Well, has there, has it been an iterative process? I'm sure working with Hayes, obviously you guys are every year kind of relooking at things, what's working, what's not, what else can we do? Have you seen a sort of a progressive, uh, you know, model being undertaken over those, those years to, um, make the plan maybe more sophisticated or, you know, better. What else are we kind of doing to bolt on with what you guys? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I would say for us, right. We've started with probably a whole bunch of different plans, right. We probably started with four or five, six plans. Right. And then I would say, as we work through, we actually kind of move more towards, towards one plan. Right. And so, so one, one health plan option for your, your employees. Right. right. Okay. Right. And, and and so part of that is right. Cause uh, you know, and, this is, this is definitely not my expertise, right? As you're managing the risk pool, all that <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah, right? I'll yeah. leave that to leave that to you, right? But, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it was, right, you're trying to get a plan that, you know, that works for both the employees and the employer, mm-hmm. right? And you don't want to, you know, so 
we've kind of shifted as we've gone. I'd say that the difficult thing is not having that knee-jerk reaction, yeah. right? So, you know, we, we've had very, um, you know, as, as you compare to maybe the typical growth versus us, you know, in 2012, like we've had, we've had a lot of success, right? We've been able to manage uh, healthcare expenses, you know, probably better than if we would have been, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Fully uh, insured. Fully insured. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> as, as we go there, I'm self-funded all the time mm. now. Um, you know, and so I, th- I think from there, you know, we've had success, but, you know, then you'll have, right, we, you know, we were savings, then we had one year where it jumped up a little bit, right? And so now the question is, how much do you react to raising premiums, right? You also don't want to get to the position where now you're raising premiums too high, and then you have a great year the next year, and kind of what are you going to do with that, you know, that, yeah. that, that savings? Well, I think so. the importance is not to hit the panic button, right? There, I was on a webinar a couple months ago, and there was an employer that had moved uh, self-funded, I think, five or six years ago, and they had an incredibly good year the first year. Like it was amazing experience, exactly why we did it. The proof was in the pudding. We saved 20, 30%. And I think the next couple of years were kind of in line and then they had a big blip. But you looked at it versus that blip that was four or five years later versus where they started being fully insured. It was still down about 20 or 25%. So you could panic and go, oh no, we got to change something. This isn't working. Or you go, let's look in the rearview mirror a little bit and say, over this period of time, we've had tremendous success on average. So we don't, it's not broke. Yeah. We just had maybe what you might call a bad claims year, right? Right. Yeah. And that's have you guys thing. had that? I mean, have you had what you would, uh, you know, consider a bad claims year? Or? Yeah. So, so I would say, you know, from our, you know, the interesting thing is, right, is we're getting older, right? And this is, you know, you know, part in there, right? We started at the company, it was, it was, it was a younger, right? You know, um, you know, from a demographic standpoint mm-hmm. from there, right? Now, a lot of people, everybody's slowly growing up, right? They're having babies, <laughs> having right? Babies, right, yeah. right? And, and life's, you know, from there. And so, you know, we still had a bit of success. You know, we, we saw a little bit. And then, I mean, I will say last year, right, with, uh, you know, when COVID hit, we did actually have a spike, right? And I we think- We did, okay. Right. And so I, I would say that was from, you know, partially it was, you write the impact in the industry and a change in our demographic makeup, right? So we probably, we have a strategy, right? You know, from there and, and expectations on- you know, as you're going enrollment and things like that. And when it shifts on you, I think that's what we saw along with some high claims. Really? It's, it's, so. Yeah, because that's actually somewhat uh, inverse to what I was hearing in the market. A lot of folks were experiencing a dramatic dip in claims, right? So was it more of a severity, right? You just, did you have some really big claims or did you just have higher frequency of claims during yeah. the last year? Yeah, so, you know, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers specifically, yeah. you know, right from there. But we, we did see that same, right, like that lower claims through March, April, May, right? Yeah, but yeah. then but then we did see some it, higher. So, I mean, I think it was kind of a combination of that change in enrollment along with we did have a it, couple of higher claims. Okay, right, yeah. I mean, it happened, right? It, the, the, the higher claims, right? And for those of folks that don't know kind of how the stop loss works, of course, if you have one individual that um, has a really bad claim, let's call it a $500,000 claim. Well, if you've purchased stop loss, you as an employer are only going to be up to whatever that deductible level is. So you can have a bad claims year on average. Um, and that's kind of more what we're talking about. You're running further away from expected than you thought, right? Versus, right. oh, we had a great claims year overall, but we had one really catastrophic claim that because that is, is handled by the stop loss carriers, not necessarily still a bad year, uh, in general, but is it? Would you say that it's it's more uh, administratively difficult to do this? I know you had some limited experience prior to Delta Companies. What well, you weren't self funded, but do you think, from your perspective, is this harder to manage as you, an employer? You know, I I think it can be right because it, it does seem like we partner with a bunch of different companies, right? Whether it be here, we're using this person for stop loss, we're using this person for life insurance, right? And so you're working with maybe six, seven different people. 
in addition, it does, you know, and this may happen with the other way as well, but it seems like, you know, you may have a two-year locked-in rate with somebody here, and now you're needing to make a decision. Are you going to change, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to change and save a little bit of money? Or do you want to save, right? Because everything's new, right? And, and, and uh, you know, with, with our payroll system, right, if it automatically is sending some some EDI files or whatever to now you're resetting all those. Yeah. Up. So and a new so, vendor, right. You pick, you, right. you plug and play different options, but I mean, out, you know, outside of maybe just putting a little bit more of uh, I would say burden, but some more responsibility on the internal HR staff and, you know, administrative team. Um, it's not, you wouldn't consider it overwhelming, right? Or you wouldn't consider it too much versus the advantages you gain by being self funded. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I mean, you're correct. Right. From a saving standpoint, right. And I'm not leading you to that. I'm not a lawyer leading you <laughs> to that, that answer that question. I think that's fair. You know, yeah, I do right. really want to hear yeah. honestly, like, is it sometimes can it be a challenge? Sometimes can it be a pain or is it all really well worth it because of what you gain on the other side of it? You know, I, I think to this point it's been well worth it. Right. You know, obviously from a cost standpoint, we've looked at, you know, other, um, you know, other other ways of doing, of, of handling our health insurance. But, you know, I, I will say, I mean, it is, right, it is different. And what you'll see a lot of times is it's that open enrollment that or that, that beginning of the year, right? Are claims funneling through or is there some gap, right, where we're like, oh, everything's running good, and then March hits and it's like everything's now set up and boom, and now we see all these claims that were there, right, or, you know, from there, um, you know, but now we're just seeing them. And so, I, I you know, I'd say we've been able to handle it. Um, so, I, I you know, I'd I, definitely not a reason not to do it right sure, from yeah. there, you know you you could um, say you know nobody ever don't don't sell fun this is garbage and i should have never come on this podcast that, that's a fair answer as well but no um i i think the the point was is sometimes you're dispelling myths and these things get thrown as sort of softball objections to why you should be self-funded and it's like oh well it's a little more difficult or it's harder you got more bills or you got different vendors and yeah, okay, but you know, either your broker obviously will help you with that or you have somebody internally that does that. But if you could save $500,000 next year on your health plan, is that not worth hiring somebody to handle right. a little more of the administrative right, right. burden? And, and that's good for both the employer and the employee, right? I mean, yeah, so it, it's one of those, right? They're, they're getting, you know, seeing a benefit as well. Right? Well, I think that's important to understand, right? You, you The goal is if you can accomplish both things, give richer benefits to your employees, but also at a lower or equal cost. I think when you stay fully insured, and a lot of people will attest to this, over time, it's going to go up. We all know you're always getting increases, and so the best things that folks know to do is, well, let's just change carriers, or let's raise our deductible, raise our coinsurance to offset some of the premium increase. But you're just really shifting money around. You're not actually impacting the plan itself. And so that's why I you know, constantly want to reiterate is the choice, the control that you have, um, and especially as somebody that's in control of those numbers, it's, it's important to understand that you can actually impact the overall direction of your your company just by by controlling these things um is it difficult though from like a decision making standpoint do you do you feel like you're having to divvy up responsibilities a little bit more delegate different tasks now that those pieces are being broken apart from fully insured yeah, you, you know I, I think it's somewhat of it's the natural push and pull right from from maybe a finance specific hey we're caring about the bottom line versus an hr right who's who's truly representing the employee you know and so i think the one thing that i find somewhat tough as we were going through right is now you're self-funding it's about costs it's about this and you know so are you as open to new plans right because you're going okay how much does that cost and then trying to weigh that benefit versus here and and you know and then like as you mentioned it gets to that overall employee package right so if you're raising it here you know if you're raising employee uh contributions here right that's obviously a dip right um you know, they're going to have less take-home pay, right? Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. are you making an adjustment somewhere else? And kind of looking at that whole picture, I think is, is a thing that we that 
is difficult to do, but it's very, very important, right? Yeah. And you're also wanting to know what's in the market, right? Because as you're doing self-funding, you have some decisions, right? Um, you know, from there. And so we're really leaning on, you know, uh, we'll lean on our brokers, right? To go, okay, what's what's out there? What's What are other employers mm-hmm. doing? Um, you know, because we obviously want to be fair and we want to try to give the, you know, the best benefit we can to well, our Well, I mean, over the this period of time, though, are you finding that we mentioned maybe doing some iterations and adding some things, but over time, how important is the stability aspect too? I mean, is it, it kind of one of those things over time, like this is going fine. We Maybe we don't change as many things since I've been doing this for 10 years now or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's true. And, and and we haven't, right. We haven't seen that, you know, while some things have changed, some things have, have stayed the same, right. You know, like our, our you know, we're with Blue Cross and we've been with them for several years, right. Like it, it isn't like we're bouncing every year. We're bouncing one, the other, uh, yeah. you know, one, the other, because obviously that's going to impact the employees. Um, but, well, you, you know, mentioned the employees too. I think it's uh, curious. Do they have much of a window into this? I mean, is it something that like I never really know if the you know average employee understands if they're even fully insured or self funded. I mean, it may a lot of them may not even be aware of that. Is it something you guys talk about some, or you know, obviously we're talking about it on this podcast, right? right? But I um, mean, is it something that that weighs into how you know you function as an organization and communicate with your your team yeah you know i I would say from from open enrollment we try to have meetings right we try to bring people from Hayes out right so they can kind of give that presentation to give that you know that explanation um i think what's tough is right but at the end of the day to the employee they're going what is the impact to my paycheck yes right and so and makes perfect sense so i mean i think it's important for us to communicate we do we we do try to be as open as we possibly can. That's good. Yeah, I think that's um, a good thing. You know, from there, because there's at the end of the day, we're all on the same team, right? We're trying to get, you know, we're trying to grow and uh, and create opportunities for people. Well, yeah, and I think you, you, we were talking earlier about the claims, right? And you don't want to deter somebody from getting necessary treatment for something. That's an absolutely right. not what you'd want to do. But letting them understand that there's you have a little bit of skin in this game, right? Like we, we can give you options that can lower costs or have better outcomes or both, right? Or if rather than going to the ER for a common cold, you've got the Teladoc option, right. like you mentioned, and you can see a material impact in the cost of claims on the plan. If a lot of people do that in aggregate, well, well look, because we did this, we saved $100,000 this year, guys. Because of that, we're now able to do X, Y, Z that we couldn't have done otherwise. So if you get everybody seeing, I think, the incentive, right, incentivizing to change behavior, uh, which I know is, is a big thing uh, strategy-wise of what you guys do, the behavior itself, if you can alter that behavior for the better, everybody is going to benefit. Right. You never say don't go to the doctor. Never say you don't go get treatment you need. But hey, if we all together maybe make these different choices, look at the aggregate impact of what we're doing. Right. right. No, no, that's that's completely right. You know, and, that, and that's where working on some of the education, right, is important, right, and trying to find ways to get people to enroll in things, right? Because there are, you know, it's funny, I'll go back and, you know, I'm involved, I'm in the meetings, and then I'll learn something we have, and like, why have I not been using that the yeah. last two years, right? That would have saved me, you know, and so I think that's that education is so important, um, you know, because it is, yeah, it isn't just about, Right. Whatever, you know, your well, that's a, it's a term they keep like talking about these days, population health management. And a lot of it is, you know, the overall health of the population. How do you um, start to uh, you know chip away at some of the bad behaviors or chip away at some of the you know bad utilization choices, the anti-selection, things like that. But le- pulling I think pulling employees into the fold for these types of decision making. Right. And giving them options, giving them alternatives that can lower the cost. You know, it is something that I think should be encouraged and not necessarily like don't let them know we're self-funded. I think that's it's kind of defeating the purpose. Uh, have you ever, though, had the thought of 
we should go back fully insured. Was there ever a time when that was a, a thought process for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we've looked at it, right. Okay. I mean, I mean, so as we go in, we've looked at it and, uh, it hasn't made sense. Right. So despite, you know, I mean, if we have a jump in claims or something like that, as, as we've looked in, you know, we've priced it out and it hasn't made sense to this point, right. Our max is, I think our max has been below what we would have spent. So really there isn't that incentive yeah. to this point, except for I can go, man, from a accounting standpoint, I can just you type in a number and a oh cell, right? And times 12, and you, that's how much it costs, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would save me so many right, hours <laughs> of like going through, okay, what happened here, 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 yeah. you know, from there. So, um, you know, but that ease, but, you know, from a. Well, that's it's, it's interesting to, to hear, right? Because obviously, you know, I, 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 you know, I used to work at Hayes and, you know, we I worked on your account. So yeah. it's good to know that years and years later that you're having success doing that. But I think the point is, right, is the long, well, I'm going to use the term Delta because it's well, going to apply yeah, here, right? Appreciate the it. The overtime, right? If you were to stay fully insured and get the those five or seven or ten percent increases. I'm not going to do the math in my head, but you start to see that that line deviate. Right. So, you know, eight years later, let's call it since 2012, you go and look back and try to benchmark against fully insured. You guys have been either on a flat or probably downward trajectory over that time, whereas the cost of fully insured is going the opposite direction. Come. So there's just there is a point, right? If, if you've gotten accustomed to it, you know how to budget for it. Obviously, your business underlying that is operating really well. Um, then there's really never any, any reason to go back fully insured. Um, you know, some people do it for mergers reasons. Some t people do it for easy button reasons. But, you know, the knee-jerk re reason is the one that I always try to deter people and, and have a plan that's a multi-year plan so you don't have a bad year and decide, well, crap, we, what are we going to do? Well, there's a good fully insured rate over here. Let's just go grab it real quick. Like, that's right. the panic button that I don't right. think anybody benefits from. Um, so <laughs> from an employer perspective, right, like how – if you're talking to other employers out there, you know, what kind of advice would you give or what would you advocate for um, around this topic? Yeah, you know, so I, I think it'd be the thing that you mentioned, right, is I, I think you may need a three to five year plan, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, you know, that's important, right, is, is not that knee jerk reaction, because I think that's where you get yourself in trouble, right, is going, oh, man, claims were way down, you know, maybe now we drop contributions, and then you see where it goes, or vice versa, right, man, let's raise and then you're going, well, I've got this. Now, the thing is, maybe you can find ways to you know, if you do have savings, right, or is there a creative way you can contribute that back to employees, right? And I think that's something from there. You know, I, I think it's important to to look at everything, keep your eyes open, right? And and you got to model things out, right? You got to see kind of, you know, what is the, what is the benefit? You know, how, how, you know, what's the high end? What's the low end? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, where are you going to go? And I think you also need to work with your HR team because it is, you know, it isn't just about the number, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it isn't from there. And I think, I think as long as you can offer that better experience, right. And, you know, with your, with your employees, that's going to make that whole package, you know, that whole, that whole employee package better. And I think that's the one thing, right. I really want to focus on kind of as we're moving forward is looking at that, you know, all aspects that impact the employees, you know, from benefits, right. To comp, to culture to other experiences mm -hmm. and making sure that all is the best it can possibly be for each employee. Well, that, I mean, that's the point. At the end of the day, it is to improve the lives of your employee base, not just financially, but include, uh, improve wellness and, and health and choice and those sort of, and there's a bigger picture reason why, you know, we're doing these things. And that's why I've always been a strong advocate for this space ever since I've been in this space is because it's very easy to see the options that you have when you do go self-funded or level funded or anything of that nature, you have options and you get a little bit more control. You get better data, you get better data, you make better decisions. And eventually there's going to be a trickle down effect of the improvement of the actual employee experience in their lives. I mean, you are talking about paychecks, right? Like if I can save 
people $50 a paycheck. There's that's a big difference in some people's lives. And that's an important thing to keep, keep in mind as you're making these decisions. So that's why, again, I'm always, you know, touting this and I love educating in this space as well. Very thankful that I can get direct from the horse's mouth, right? If somebody that's constantly probably being barrage, you know, these vendors are always hitting your brokers up and your brokers are pre presenting ideas. Um, but you're, you're actually sifting through this and this is impacting your business, which I think is a crucial thing to keep in mind when we talk about right. this stuff. So anything else, uh, final thoughts from, from Tommy Fulmer or Mr. Legs, you know, either one, I'd love to hear from you, but, um, you know, kind of, let's kind of wrap things up and, uh, get about our, our day. Yeah, no, Spence, I, you know, really enjoyed getting a chance to talk about it, right. Seeing this stuff on the podcast. I, I think it, it, this is an interesting world, right? Like healthcare, like I yeah. have no idea about it, right? I, I thought everything was like, right, fully funded and you just pay that, um, you know, and go. And so it's, it's been a very interesting, you know, experience to kind of get to learn that, right. And you're trying to project things. So it's, you know, it's been fun, you know, from a, uh, you know, and, and for this, this is also, I appreciate you, you know, bringing me on. I, yeah. you know, as we were talking earlier, right. This is kind of our full circle. So whenever I first started at Delta and you were with Hayes, uh, yeah. we came in, we had a meeting and uh, right. I'm very uptight, right. I'm, I think I'm I trying, know where this story is going. I'm trying to keep very uptight. And I remember you sat down and I sat down. I'm like, you know, it's weird being in a meeting with somebody I've showered with. <laughs> and I just go, Oh my gosh, what did I just say? Right. Like this is, and, can uh, you can you explain that further yeah, before yeah, we just yes, leave it as, there? The guy I showered with, I want no, to right you, as members of okay. the uh, jury soccer team, okay, right? Yeah, you needed yeah. to practice good hygiene, and uh, <laughs> you know, so it was uh, one of I, those. I remember yeah. you saying that completely out of the blue, and of course, I think I was relatively new at Hayes at the time and you know, analyst position, and I'm like what are they thinking of me right now? What is, yeah. how, does, how did my buddy throw me under the bus? But it was literally, I think I talked to like Dale and Eric after that and they were just cracking up about it. It was a great way to break the ice, even though it was like at the time you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. So, I, I thought I was in trouble. So, so it's, <laughs> it's been amazing to do a podcast with somebody that I've also showered with Tommy. So thanks for coming. Well, thank in. you. Thank you so much. Right. I appreciate See it. See you soon. All right. Bye.